Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. So you may be wondering, who was Abraham? Who was Abraham? In the coming weeks, we're going to get to know him better. But let me tell you um, a few really important things. His, his initial name, when we first encounter him in the Bible, is not Abraham. It is what? Abram. Abram. Right. God changes his name and Abraham is known as the father of faith. And throughout this series, we're going to see why that title is given to him. And uh, we'll see this more in the detail the coming weeks. But long story short, God appears to him and he says, I want you to leave your house to the land that I will show you. So he has to leave his family and he goes out on this journey. And as he's out in this journey, God tells him, I am going to give you a son and I am going to use him and give you a great descendancy. But the problem with that is that his wife is barren. She cannot have children. And they're about 100 years old and still no children. And and there's a lot of mess that happens on in there. And we'll we'll, we'll see it throughout the weeks. But but that's the story of Abraham, right? And eventually God gives him a son whose name is what? Isaac, right? And it is when, after God gives him Isaac, that we come to Genesis 22. And I just want to look at the first phrase in Genesis 22, verse 1. It's right there in your outlines. Look at what it says. After these things, and we're going to look at that in just a minute, what after these things means. After these things, God what? Tested Abraham. The NIV, or the New Living Version says, after these things, God tested Abraham's faith. The writer of Hebrews tells us the following about Abraham in Hebrews eleven seventeen. 17. Look at what it says. It was by faith, that Abraham offered as a sacrifice, offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. So what was the test that God brought forth to Abraham? Give me your son. Sacrifice your son. What a test, right? You, you want to know how bad of a child I was when I was a little kid? I was that really annoying, troublemaking kid at church. I, I, that was me. That was me. Nobody liked me. I annoyed everybody. And I remember particularly in one Sunday school, um, and, and by the way, my Sunday school teacher was also my Royal Rangers teacher, and he's one of the big reasons I stayed in church, and his name was also Tito. Um, and one of, one of those Sundays, he, he was giving us the Sunday school on this passage, and I asked him, I go, Tito, you have faith? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, if God asked you to sacrifice one of your sons, would you do it? And he said, no, God wouldn't ask you that. I said, but, but if he did, would, would, would you do it? No, God wouldn't ask that. I said, I know, I know. But what if God just decided to? Would you do it? Do you have enough faith? And, and then he, he didn't want to give me the answer. I said, said, and I was a little kid, right? And I said, do you have faith? And he said, yeah, I got faith. Well, the Bible says that if you have faith, you can move a mountain. Can you move that mountain outside the window? That's the kind of child that I was. I was just a troublemaker, okay? And I think in some ways I'm still a troublemaker. Now, God was testing Abraham to see 
if he would believe that God was right when he commanded him to sacrifice his son. And the next time we, we, we look at this passage, we're gonna, the, the topic that we're going to look at, what do you do when things don't make sense? Because when God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, there were a lot of things that didn't make sense about that. Okay? But God was testing him to see if, God, if Abraham would give up Isaac. And here's why. All the promises that God had made to Abraham were wrapped up in Isaac. Without Isaac, there's no descendancy. In Isaac, himself is the promise that God had made to Abraham. And by the way, it was a promise that Abraham had to wait a long time to finally get. Right? And God tested him. And I have some news for you. God is going to test you too. I, I, I know I wasn't going to get any amens right there, but, but right? And God is going to test you, and these tests come in various ways. Some are small daily irritations, which are more like quizzes, and the others are more affliction, attacks, or trials, which are tests. Now, you want to know the interesting thing? We know that, that God allows the enemy to test us, like in Job's case. But in this passage, it is God himself who tested Abraham. And God is going to test you just like he tested Abraham. In fact, let me show you some passages. Job 7.18, look at what Job said. It says, for you examine us, what? Every morning and test us at every moment. And then Psalm 66.10 says, for you, O Lord, have what? tested us you have refined and and in the greek in the in the language the 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 refine is to be tested he says you have refined us as silver is what refined now if the majority of us don't like taking tests and we're not good at tests what do we do with this truth that god is gonna test us i mean there's a few Locals around here who do like taking tests, and you're like, like David, right? This passage is not in your outline, but look at what David said in Psalms 26.2. I believe they're going to put it up here. He says, test me, O Lord, try me, examine my heart and my Not many of us would say what David said. We'd be like, Lord, love me, be gracious to me, be compassionate with me. None of us would be like, Lord, test me. Look at me. See what's wrong in me. See if I'm worthy. See if I'm able. No, most of us would be like, Lord, be patient with me, please. All right? Now, I, I need you to know that test will come. Because I believe that in our day, in, in, in a lot of the beliefs that we have as Christians, we do not make room for this truth. We only want all good and no testing. And, and I want to prepare you because even if I never told you that there's tests that are going to come, they're still going to come. And in fact, Paul tells us that we shouldn't be surprised when trials and tests come our way. In fact, look at what it says right there. In uh, 1 Peter, I'm sorry, it was Peter, not Paul. 1 Peter 4.12, right there in your outlines. Look at what it says. Beloved, do not be what? Surprised at the fiery trials when, when it comes upon you to what? To test you 
as though something strange were happening to you. Sometimes we're tested and we think that God is angry at us or that something is wrong. Nothing is wrong. God is testing you. You are being tested. Let me tell you, Christians are not exempt from troubles, afflictions, and tests. In fact, Jesus said that because we were his followers, we could expect trials, tribulations, and tests. So if it's part of the package, why is it that most times when tests come our way, we act like we deserve better? Why me, God? Why are you doing this to me? I know I'm being a little bit tough, but you know I always give you something good at the end, right? So the question is, why not you? Why can't God try you? Why can't God see what's really in you? And here's one of my goals with this message today. My goal is that your faith in God, your trust in God, would be strong enough to face trials and tests. Because it's easy to kind of believe in God while everything's going good. But there are going to be times when things are not going good. And what are you going to do then? Are you going to do what the majority of people do and just kind of abandon God and try to figure it out on your own? Let me tell you something. I'm getting ahead of myself. God is going to test you, and he's going to retest you and retest you and retest you till you what? Pass the test. And some of us, we've been taking the same test for 5, 20, 30 years. And here's our excuse. I'm just this way. It's just who I am. Yeah, that's why God is testing you, because he wants you to stop being that way. He's got something better. He's got something higher in mind for you and for me, right? So our faith needs to be strong enough to face difficulties. I could be wrong in this, okay? I could be wrong. But I've always believed that if your faith is not good enough in hard times, then your faith is no good at all. If your faith in God, if your relationship with God, if your trust in God does not get you through the hard times that come our way, then your faith is of no good at all. What good is it? Right? Now, there's something that I want to explain because I want you to understand this. God will test you, but he will not tempt you. Okay? Because I've heard people say, oh, God has tempted me. God doesn't tempt anybody. He allows temptations to come our way, but it is not God himself tempting us. This passage is not in your outline, but you might want to write it down. I believe they'll put it up here in the screens, okay? James 1.13 through 16 says the following. I'm sorry, it's 13 and 14. It says, when you are being tempted, do not say what? God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. God cannot do wrong. That is one of the, the, I love that expression. The fact that God is unable to do bad to me. 
That's not his nature. That's not who he is. He is not even tempted, so he can't even do it. And God also doesn't tempt us. So where does temptation come from? Well, James tells us temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Okay? So, so we need to make this distinction. God will test you, and God will allow tests to come your way, but God will not tempt you. That temptation comes from our own evil desires. Okay? We, 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 we don't need help doing the wrong thing. We don't, right? We're really good at doing the wrong thing. We need help doing what? Right thing. I always use that donut illustration, right? I don't need nobody cheering me on to eat a donut. Just put a donut in front of me, and 99.9% of me says, eat that sucker. (laughs) Where is it that I need the help? Eating kale. (laughs) Eating broccoli. That's where Lorena's got to give me a whole thing of like, if you don't take care of yourself, then you're not going to last in ministry, and you're not going to look good, and and, you know, that's where I need the help. Okay, but let's go back to testing now. Here's what you know. Here's what you need to know about testing. God will test you with an actual experience. God will not test your words. He will test your actions. If the tests were just about expressions, we would all pass them. God did not tell Abraham, hey, would you be willing to give up Isaac? That would have been easy, right? Yeah, I would be if I I needed to. But it's a whole different thing when God says, I want you to give up Isaac. See, and, and, and one of the challenges that we have in our faith is that it's a lot easier to say something than it is to do it. And God is not, God is not so interested in our promises. He's interested in what? Our obedience. Saying, will you do it? You know, I just asked a bunch of you guys, are you going to be here next Sunday, even if it rains? And a lot of you guys said, yes. Well, we'll see next week. (laughs) It's a lot easier to say, yeah, I'll be here. And next week, if you wake up and it's raining and it's cold and you're under your blankets, nice and warm, that's when the real test comes. Right? God God is not just, God is going to test you with an actual experience. Okay? So let me, let's, I want to tell you why God tests us. Like, what is it that he accomplishes with the test? What is it that he wants to do, okay? So I want to give you a few things. But before I tell you that, you need to know this, okay? The tests are not meant to break you. God doesn't test you to break you, to cause you to fail, to cause you to be miserable. God doesn't test you to break you, but to make you. In every test, God is doing two things. He's proving you, and he's improving you. Okay? In fact, the word test itself means to to refine, to prove by fire. Right? It's like the old illustration that we all know. How is gold made pure? By fire. When it's put through fire, all the bad chemicals are taken out, and the more fire it is in, and the higher the fire it is, the purer the gold is. And God 
didn't test Abraham to watch him fail or to cause him to trip, but to prove him and to improve him. God wants to raise your value and my value, and one of the ways he does that is through the test he sends our way. God wants you to know, because he knows, okay? God doesn't test us so that he can find out what he already knows. He wants who to find out? He'll put that nice, beautiful, sexy secretary, right? So that you can know what you got inside of you, right? Some of you, 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 you get extra money when you go pay for something, and so you say, oh, what a blessing. That's not a blessing. That's a test. God is testing your honesty. God is testing your character. So, so you need to understand, okay? And here's the biggest takeaway. I'm going to give you, I believe, five points. But here's the biggest takeaway about test, okay? The ultimate thing, the main purpose of test is to reveal who God is in your life. I'm going to give you five sub-points. But the ultimate thing of test is that God wants to reveal who he is in your life. Because like I said, it's one thing what we say, but it's another thing what it really is. And the test with Abraham was about revealing what place God had in Abraham's life. And we're going to look at that next week. But Abraham was running the risk of taking his eyes off of the one who made the promise and putting them on the promise. And what God was doing by saying, give me Isaac back, is saying, you got to make me higher than what I've given you. Here's a quick one. I know some parents are going to get mad at me. We are to love God above our kids. We are to love God. God above our spouse. We are to love God above all things. And you want me to tell you something, okay? God will test you with what you love the most. Those things you value the most, God will ask you for them. I'll tell you why at the end, but let's, let's look at um, why God will test us. Number one, God will test you to see if you really love him. God will test you to see if you really love him, okay? Look at what Deuteronomy 13.3 says right there in your outlines. It says, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind. Anybody here love God? Okay, if you say you love God, you're going to be tested on that, on that statement. You're going to be tested to see if you really love him and how willing you are to love him. Joseph, in the Old Testament, was a man of good character, of good integrity. He was a man that loved God. And not only did he love God, the Bible tells us that God loved him. And in fact, the Bible tells us that God was with him. But you know what? He was tested. In fact, look at your outlines. Look at what it says in Psalms 105, 19. It says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's what? Character. What was one of the biggest ways um, Joseph was tested? 
to see how much he loved the Lord. You know one of the biggest ways? God put him in a home where the wife of the, of the, of the guy in charge in jail kept offering herself to him. Let me, let me just imagine a little bit, okay? Joseph was good looking like me. All right? Joseph was probably a good looking guy. And, and let's imagine that the wife of the guy in charge of jail was not a bad looking lady because they had money. They could take care of their skin. They could take care, they had nice clothes. And it wasn't him who was chasing her. It was her who was chasing him. Guys, learn that, okay? Just because somebody chases you doesn't mean you have a right to go after them. Because I've heard God say, well, they come on to me, so I'm being tested, okay? So every day, every day, every day, this woman would come to Joseph and invite him to be intimate. And Joseph passed the test. You know why? Because he loved God and he feared God. And God will test your love for him. That's one of the things that, that when God sends a test that he wants to test is, do you really love him? Or do you love football? Do you love work? Do you love comfort? Do you love whatever else more than him? God will test us. Second thing, God will test you to reveal what is in your heart. God will test you to reveal what's really in your heart, okay? Proverbs 17.3 says, The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests what? The hearts, okay? Why did God ask Abraham to perform a human sacrifice? God had already condemned human sacrifices, but why did he ask Abraham to sacrifice his son? To reveal what was in his heart. See what was in Abraham's heart. And God wants to bring out what's in our heart. And you know what's one of the ways that God reveals or exposes what's really in our heart? You ready for this? Is when he apparently withdraws from our life. Anybody ever had one of those seasons where you're like, I just can't seem to feel the Lord. I just can't seem to see the Lord. I don't, I mean, the Bible tells me that he's with me and that he hears me, but I can't just make that connection and everything in my life is falling apart. You know, you know why God does that? To expose what's in your heart. Look at what the Bible says in Second um, Chronicles 32, 31, Okay. God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. So question for us. How do you respond to when God doesn't respond the way you expect him to? How do you respond when God disappoints you? God, you knew I had to pass that test. Why didn't you let me pass that test? God, you knew I needed that job. Why did I lose that job? 
God, I thought you could, I thought you could change my husband. God, I thought, what do you do? How do you respond? You know, we're really quick to get angry at God. We're really quick, right? It's like, all right, why, why did you do this? And sometimes, sometimes, God will withdraw, although he's always there, okay, to see what's really in our heart. Will you come to church even when you can't feel him? Will you come to church when you keep praying and praying and praying and praying and there's no answer from heaven? God wants to reveal what's in our heart. Now, at the end, I'll tell you why he does all this, okay? Next thing. Here's another good one. God will test you to produce endurance in you. God is going to test you to produce endurance in you. I know I'm, I'm, I'm giving you quite a few bad news today, and I got another one, unfortunately. Is that all right? I got another one. I got, okay. Not only will God test you, but once you pass a test, you can't relax. You know why? Because there's another one that is going to come eventually. You know why? Because God wants to continue to improve you. The only way to get you where God wants you to be is to keep what? Testing you, encourage you. Come on, let's, let's go. Okay, you pass the test. Here's the thing about Abraham. Remember how we read after these things? Abraham's biggest test came at the end, but he had already dealt with other tests. Some he passed, some he didn't. And one of the things that God does in testing us is that he wants to produce endurance in us. He wants us, as the King James Version says, he wants to produce patience in us. We get tired too quickly. I've been serving the Lord for six months. I'm burnt out. (laughs) Really? Really? God's been dealing with you for 40 years. In six months, you're tired already? God will test us to make us stronger. And he'll send one test. And, and, And here's a question that everybody asks. Will God ever give us more than we can handle? Okay, it all depends who we is. I don't know who we is when you're talking about we. If you're talking about we, just me, yes, God does give me more than I can handle. If we is me and God, then no, God will never give you more than me and him can handle. Okay? And God does this to produce endurance in us. And here's why endurance is important, okay? Because when you learn endurance, that leads to sanctification and to becoming more like Jesus. The more you're able to endure hardships, the more you're able to endure trials, the more pain you're able to endure, the more you become like Jesus. If you keep quitting every time, I'm going to go out and run for a mile, and you only ran a quarter of a mile, and you give up, guess what? You're going to be a mile of a quarter runner. But if you can push through the pain, if you can push through the soreness, if you can push through the agony, you can become a marathon runner. And Jesus is a marathon runner. And he wants to make a marathon runner of you. Look at what James tells us in James 1, 2 and 4, okay? 
Um, God will, will test us to, in, to increase our endurance because he wants us to become more like Jesus, to be transformed. Look at what it says. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of what? Any kind, any kind, okay? Come your way, consider it a what? An opportunity for what? Great joy. Why? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to what? Grow. grow. And then look at what he says. He says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. That word perfect is mature, complete. It's Jesus. You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I'm going to tell you something that is going to should rock your world and bring down your squirrel. God is using the test you're going through right now to make you more like Jesus. God is using whatever you're going through right now to make you more like Jesus. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give up. You and God can get through it. Amen? Here's the fifth one. Fourth one. I got I to hurry up. Okay? Fourth one. God will test you to show you his faithfulness, mercies, love, and comfort to you. God will test us so that we can see his faithfulness, his goodness, his love, his mercy for us. One of the passages in the Old Testament that I like, it says that God raised Pharaoh so that the Israelites, so that, so that God could have an enemy that the Israelites could see God defeat. Okay, listen, let me tell you something. It has been during the trials and difficult times where I've gotten to see the goodness of God. When I fell, that's when I've seen his grace. When I've been tired is when I've seen his strength. God will test you to reveal himself more to you. But if you keep quitting every time a test comes, you'll never get to know God personally. You'll only know him by what others say. Look at what the Bible says in Ephesians 2.7. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. By the way, if God has been loving to you, you got to be loving with other people. If God has been gracious to you, you got to be graceful towards other people. If God has been patient with you, anybody God's been patient with? What should we be with our kids? What should we be with our son-in-law? What should we be with our mother-in-law? And then take her out to a river. No, I'm joking. <laughs> number five, number five. I got I to wrap this up. Number five. God will test you, here's the big one, okay, to make you worthy of his kingdom. God will test you to make you worthy of his kingdom. God rewards those who suffer, who endure harsh treatment, sacrifice, who, who endure patiently, and they become worthy of his kingdom. Let me show you a few passages. 2 Thessalonians 1, 4, and 5. Therefore, 
amongst God's churches, we boast about your perseverance in faith, in all these persecutions and what? Trials you are enduring. All this is evident that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are what? Suffering. Okay? 2 Corinthians 4.16, and we're going to look at this passage as well in the coming weeks. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though hourly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us what? An eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. God tests us so that we can be worthy of his kingdom. Okay, let me wrap this up. Let me tell you some good news. You ready for this? I wanted to leave you on a good note. After every test, there's a blessing. After every test, there's a blessing. But you know what we want? We want the blessing without the test. I don't know what you're being tested with. I don't know what type of test you're dealing with, but I can promise you this because this is what the Bible teaches us. There is a blessing on the other side of passing that test. Now, here's the caveat of that. If you don't pass the test, you don't get the blessing. Some of you guys are like, God, why... Why, why haven't you done this in my life? And God is like, well, when are you going to pass the test? God, how come you haven't opened doors for me to have a home? Well, when are you going to pass the test of managing your finances right? God, why, why haven't you fixed my marriage? Well, when are you going to pass the test to not cuss and scream at your spouse? You get me, church? You get me? Listen, whatever it is, most of the stuff that we are asking God, most of the stuff that we want from God is on the other side of the test. Young people, let, let me give you one. Most, I, I talk to young people and they tell me, you know, I'm not sure about marriage. I haven't seen many good marriages. I don't know that I want to get married. Let me tell you something. You can have a thriving, healthy, good marriage. Here's what you got to do. You got to pass the test of purity and you got to pass the test of honor. You honor your parents and you remain pure. And I'll tell you what, God will bring you a hot, sexy spouse that you'll be happy, you'll be healthy, and that you'll enjoy. Okay? Pass the test. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. 
If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.